All right, welcome Grace Point. Good to have you with us. Anybody else that's out there listening? And I'm hoping that through the ages here, even when I'm gone, these videos keep going and people can get stuff out of them. There's a uh, some very good stuff in, in here that God has showed us. I left off with the uh, Canaanite woman receiving her healing, and she just humbled herself. She understood she didn't have a covenant with God. She humbled herself. Lord, open our hearts and minds to the Word. Open our ears and our eyes and our hearts in Jesus' name. So I, I kind of want to go back a little bit and backtrack. So this woman did approach Jesus right. She called Him Son of God. She humbled herself. She called herself a dog, understanding she didn't have a covenant with God. But it's really interesting. This revelation I've had recently, in fact, I gave a sermon on it, and I hope that you listen to that sermon. And if you heard it once, I pray you listen to it again, because this revelation that God has given me, or this understanding of mercy, has totally changed how I, I've been approaching God. <clears throat> Paul, in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 12, said uh, that we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, in view of His mercy, or according to the mercies of God. And when I looked at that word about, Paul said, because of the mercy of God, or in view of God's mercy, we should just present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And that made me think, well, what does he mean in view of God's mercy? That's the New International Version. What did Paul mean in view of God's mercy? So I started backtracking through Rome, the book of Romans, and I realized Paul had concluded a major argument at the end of chapter 11, and he said that God concluded Jews and Gentiles in disobedience and unbelief. Why? Why did God conclude that Gentiles and Jews were all in disobedience or unbelief? He said so he could have mercy on them all. And what I noticed, the case that Paul made in the book of Romans was not just for grace by faith, but Paul made the case for God's mercy. And everywhere I went in the Bible, I started noticing that people were interacting with Jesus based on mercy, and that even the Gentiles were going to be included in the covenants based on God's mercy. It just exploded, just like this woman here in verse 22, when she came to Jesus, she didn't say, Lord, give me what I deserve. She said, Lord, have mercy on me. Son of David, my daughter is demon-possessed. Lord, have mercy on me. And I started looking at other healings throughout the Gospels, and I noticed, you know, many people, the blind man and lepers, and they're crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. And, and just reading through the Scriptures more and more, uh, Peter said that we're begotten again according to the mercy of God. We're born again because of the mercy of God. And really powerful, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, Paul, who I believe wrote Hebrews, Paul said, let us come to the throne room of grace, right? You remember that scripture? Let us come boldly, confidently, to the throne room of grace. And why did Paul say we should come to the throne room of grace? 
He said we should come to the throne room of grace that we might obtain mercy. That's powerful. We're not going to God based on our own righteousness. We're not going to God based on what we've done. We're not going to God because I've earned something with you. But when I go to God, and this changed my prayer life, when I go to God, I say, Father, I'm coming to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Now, I understand that Jesus has already died. He's already been buried. He's already risen from the dead. And he's already poured out his mercy on me. But when I go to the throne room of grace, I'm going to that throne room to get that mercy. I'm not going there to get what I deserve. This woman didn't come to Jesus to get what she deserved. The leper and the blind people in the Gospels didn't come to Jesus and say, Lord, give us what we deserve. The publican that beat his chest didn't come before God and say, God, treat me like I deserve. He said, Lord, be merciful to me. It's revolutionized my thinking. I understand that at the cross, it's already happened. He's, he's the father of mercies. He's already poured out his mercy, but I'm coming to that throne room of grace to get it. Flip over to Romans chapter 15 again. Right below that verse where we talked about how that uh, Jesus confirmed the promises that were made to the fathers, to the, to the circumcision. To the Jews, he confirmed the promises. Let's look just a little further. Verse 7 says, Receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision, to the Jews, for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. Amen, Jews. And that the Gentiles might glorify God. Why? Why might the Gentiles glorify God? It's amazing, isn't it? For His mercy. <laughs> For His mercy. We're included. We're forgiven. You know where Jesus said that the healing, or deliverance was the children's bread? We've been made children. That healing bread is ours now. We have received mercy. It confirmed the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God because we've been included. God's been merciful to the Jews. He concluded them all in unbelief, the Gentiles and the Jews, that he might have mercy on us all. Now flip back over to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's keep reading. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, both who? Jews and Gentiles. And he has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man, Jew and Gentile. From the two thus making peace, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, having put to death the enmity. He came and preached peace to those who were uh, afar off, Gentiles, and those who are near, Jews. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore, Gentiles, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints 
and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. The Gentiles are a part of the family. We've been grafted into the olive tree. You know, the Jews and the Gentiles, I believe that's in Romans 11, that olive tree. The Jews were the natural branches. Jesus is the root of the tree. The Jewish people growing out of it. The Gentiles, we've been grafted into that tree. Amen? We're part of the tribe now. We're, we're, we're included. We're part of the nation of Israel. We're included in the promises made to the fathers. Therefore, if you go back where it says, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs, we're no longer the little dogs. That's why you got to read the Bible and interpret it correctly. That's why you got to rightly divide the word. We're no longer the little dogs. We've been included. Isn't that amazing? We've received mercy. So, in Exodus chapter 16, God revealed himself to the children of Israel. Read this real quick. It's powerful. Exodus uh, 15. Verse 26, he says, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now, Jesus was going all around uh, the nation of Israel, and he was healing the sick, and predominantly and almost exclusively, he was healing the Jewish people. And he was revealing himself as I am. I am the Lord that heals you. And now, as a Gentile, you've been included in these promises. All the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. Let's end over here tonight. Flip over to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1, because now you'll understand this. Who did Jesus confirm the promises to? The fathers, right? The Jewish people. The promises were made to them, and He confirmed them to them. But who is included with them now? Receiving mercy, the Gentiles. Listen to this. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silas, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in Him was yes. For all the promises, how many of the promises? All the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. All the promises. Back to Romans 15, Jesus was a minister of the circumcision to confirm all the promises made to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might praise God for His mercy included. Powerful. We'll pick up there next week.